Chapter 12, The Righteous Wrestle Between Going or Staying. Philippians 1, 21-26 For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which to choose. But I am hard pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that your proud confidence in me might abound in Christ Jesus through coming to you again. The win-win reality. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. This is not a win-lose reality, but a win-win reality. Paul is saying that the only life to live is the life that is in Christ. And as I live this life, I find life. He goes on to say to die is gain. I believe there are two parts to this die is gain statement. The first one is to physically die and to be with Christ. Paul says he has a desire to depart and be with Christ. This is not a position of loss or a false humility position. This is his true heart posture. He is wholeheartedly in love with Christ and his greatest delight is to be with the one who has his heart. He longs to be with the most important person he has ever met, Jesus Christ. The second position of gain through our death is the incredible life in Christ we discover as we die to our old life, denying oneself and selfish ways. This is where Jesus births his life within us as we release the control of our lives over to him and we allow him to truly build us through the power of his revealed word. We may see the life that is associated with the first part of this verse, but where is the gain in dying? How can this be true? This is the beauty of the kingdom and its upside-down paradoxes to the earth's ways. In Christ, physical death is promotion to be with Christ and death to our carnal fleshly life with all its fleshly lusts. This is what Paul means when he says to die is gain. Have we and are we experienced this abundant life of the Spirit within us and through us because we have transitioned from living for us to living for Him and His will? The gain only comes through the death of our old man, the very man that many of us are still trying to hold on to and then wondering why we seem to be void of this powerful overcoming life within us. Jesus' teaching is very clear. His words are spirit and life, and they do produce the life that he speaks of. Paul was in this life and was used by God to be a carrier and a communicator of this life to anyone who truly wanted it. This is the life we are to be imitators of. But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which to choose. We now see Paul say if he is to continue on in the flesh, that this will also mean great gain for himself. Paul is fully aware of the life he has come into and the life he can still come into through living for Christ wholeheartedly. He finds himself torn between these two options of life. Option one is if he physically dies, this will be an incredible gain as he will be with his Lord and Savior, his groom. Option two if he stays here in his body, he can come into more and more of the eternal life that Jesus will birth 
through his surrender to him. He doesn't know which one to choose. Both options are gain to Paul. Do we find this choice bizarre or do we relate to his choice? Can we say with all confidence, I know exactly the dilemma he would be in? How many of us can relate to what Paul is saying because of discovering the same reality of life that is found in knowing Jesus Christ? Would you say this is a foreign concept to many in the body of Christ, one we may even consider impossible or unattainable while we are here on earth? This is exactly what our flesh and our adversary would have us all believe. How can one see physical death as gain when one is still in fear of physically dying? Many followers and non-followers live in fear of physical death, even though Jesus has defeated death and put it under his feet. Jesus died so we can be released from the power of death and live our lives on earth in complete freedom to accomplish the Father's will. It is this revealed position operating within us that empowers us to live this reality out. Paul had this revealed position in Christ, hence his life demonstrated this reality. No wonder the man was able to say, imitate me as I imitate the Christ. Acts 2.24 But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it is impossible for him to be held in its power. 1 Corinthians 15, 54-57 But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. A heart of immense love. The next verse signals to us another example of Paul's heart for the church and his desire to see all of the church become complete in Christ. But I am hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. Yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Colossians 1.28 We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For Paul to remain on and not go and be with Christ was necessary for the church's sake. He says he is hard-pressed on both sides. He desires to be with Christ and leave this earth, and yet at the same time his intense love for the church to see her be made complete in Christ weighs upon his heart. It's a case of love, and his love for God's people is stronger than what is best for himself. Paul truly embodied all the scriptures of loving his brother as Christ loved him. 1 John three sixteen, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay our lives down for the brethren. John thirteen thirty five. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Receiving from Paul's life. I wonder if the church of Philippi, to whom he wrote this letter, took advantage of Paul's life and ministry. I wonder if we as the church today are taking advantage of Paul's life and ministry 
in order to come to the full stature of Christ? Are we receiving the word of Christ, which Paul declared through his letters, which changes and transforms us into the very image of the Son? Are we seeing what Paul saw and laying down our lives for the upward call in Christ, just as he did? For him to remain on in the flesh was more necessary for their sake and ours. This is to be the life we imitate. My hope is that we are taking full advantage of Paul's incredible love for us and his willingness to stay and continue pressing into Christ for more, rather than being completely unaware of what he gave his life for. This would be a crime for us and a very sad reality to be living from. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. Paul is convinced of the fact that it is better for God's people if he stays than to be with Christ, so that God's people can continue to grow and come into all that the Father has in mind for his people. Paul desires to see the church grow and become the mature body that the Father so desires. His hope is that the confidence that they see that exists in him is because of the Christ who lives within him. He is saying, My willingness to come to you again rather than go is because of the Christ within me and not my own personal strength. It is because of this that I will remain and walk with you, encouraging you all into the eternal life that is discovered in Christ. When we too have this mature life of Christ operating within us, we can walk in the manner which Paul walked. We too become capable of living a selfless life and find ourselves not trying to live like this, by just being like this. We find ourselves being able to truly be imitators of God and Paul because of Christ's life operating in us to a full measure. This becomes our new nature and is all part of us living as new creations. In our own strength and ability, this is impossible. But with our Heavenly Father's power operating in and through us, it becomes our natural mode of operation. I suggest to us all that this is the reason Peter wrote 1 Peter 4.11, that we are to serve God with the strength he provides. 1 Peter 4.11, whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. When we live our lives from this position in Christ, God is glorified through the Son living in us. It's a win-win situation. God receives the glory, and we get to experience what it is like to have his power truly operating in and through us. Paul said weakness is the pathway to being strong in Christ. He taught that God's grace was sufficient for all things, and that through this process, God's power starts to dwell within us. Because we have entered into his rest, we have surrendered from our works and strength.